You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Walking arenas, I'm setting it down and I'm raising the bar. Y'all look like the kind to get lost in the shuffle, just playing the part. I belong in the light. Y'all can just stay in the dark. Funny how every time they know who we are, but we say who we are. I'ma take care of the light work and I'ma make them fans go logo. Black and yellow in a logo. I got the game in a chokehold. Music drops, everybody puts their hands up like their nay nay. Y'all know just what they say. Adam Cole, baby. They will not leave any doubt in your mind. This is the moment that they waited to have. They'll knock you out with a punch of a kick or a little bit of both combo with a jab. Uh, I am Roddy with the flow. Yeah. I am Bobby when I'm bold. Yeah. I'm a Roddy with the gold. Yeah. Every title I'm a hold. Yeah. I era this hard time, you better recognize. It's a brand new episode of What Comes Next, Cinema Geekly's NXT companion podcast. It's Anthony and Jacqueline back talking more NXT on the WWE Network. Uh, Jacqueline, a big show today. We're talking NXT TakeOver 25. Yeah, it's a milestone show. Taking over Bridgeport, Connecticut. Yes. Uh, and you know what? Uh, I'm going to talk about this more as things go on, but I may have like a minority take on this TakeOver. And maybe this whole week of NXT in general. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to hear what you have to say. Yeah, because I, I clearly have thoughts as well. Yeah, you you be the judge, listeners. Maybe I'm just depressed. I don't know, but I was. No, don't get into it yet. Okay, okay. we're not there. We'll see. Let's don't ta- bring me down already. Let's talk about. Well, first, let's talk about uh, the stuff that kind of came earlier in the week. We'll kind of zip through that as quickly as possible. Uh, NXT UK was a pretty underwhelming episode. Uh, mm-hmm. You had uh, Walter, Marcel Bartel, and Fabian Eichner come out. They say that their name is, uh, their their team name is The Imperium, which is, cool. I guess, will be less Nazi-sounding to American ears than Ring Kampf, uh, unfortunately. Hmm. Uh, Did their fourth guy join them yet? So the fourth guy has not joined them, and I already, yeah, I don't know who the fourth guy okay. is, because that name is kind of spilled out there, but I presume that will be soon. Not official. Okay, not on TV yet. Okay. <clears throat> yes, but they talked trash to Pete Dunne, who came out with uh, Mustache Mountain, and they brawled. Oh, that's going to be such a good three-on-three match. It will be a really good three-on-three match. But they yes. didn't have it on this show, so no. instead we got Gallus winning a tag team squash match. It was pretty boring. Uh, we had Cassius Ono and Jack Gallagher. In... Oh, I saw that match. So they had a... Very British technical wrestling match for about 98% of the match. And I would say for like that 98%, it was actually pretty fun. Yeah, I actually enjoyed it. And I hate Cassius Ono. Yeah. And then at the end, Cassius Ono just got tired of grappling and proper. Yeah, stomped on Jack Gallagher and beat him in controversial fashion. Uh, Jack Gallagher's leg was underneath the bottom rope when the referee counted three, which should have broken the pin, but Ono uh, sneakily swept Gallagher's leg back in into the ring, and the referee never Cheaters. saw it. Yeah. Cheaters. Uh, uh, gentle, is it Gentleman Jack Gallagher? Yes. I like yes. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching him. Yeah, I like he, him. he's really good. Yeah. Uh, the main event saw Tony Storm defend her women's championship against Nina Samuels. In, uh, oh, it was, 
Sorry. <clears throat> I would say a better than expected match. Mm-hmm. But it was it was all right. Yeah. It 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 surpassed my expectations, but I had low expectations for that match. So Aww. it's not saying much. It was okay though. It was. Uh the go home show for TakeOver 25. Uh so we had um we had uh, Mia Yim and Bianca Belair a rematch from the infamous uh hair cheating scandal match from a few weeks ago. Yes. Uh I thought this match was a little bit better than their previous one. Okay, that's fair. But, uh, more like more technically sound. Yeah, but the crowd was non-existent. Dead. Yeah. Yeah. Pin drop silent. They were tired. They were very tired. Uh so uh they they did their back and forth match. The crowd showed no interest. But then and I have a bit of a theory about this. She used uh Mia used Bianca's long braid against her and used it to pull Bianca into her finishing move to protect your neck and end yep. Bianca, at which point this crowd came alive as if they were all suddenly given a shot of adrenaline. I think they were dead, but I think they also didn't expect in a million years for Mia Yim to win this match because she, even though she's been brought in and she's been featured a little bit, she doesn't actually seem to win that often. No, she doesn't. And people were just expecting Bianca to get the win here. So when Mia won, it was unexpected, and the crowd actually came to life a little bit. I uh, enjoy. I was glad that Mia won, though. She needed it. Yeah, uh, i I thought it was I thought it was okay. Yeah. Uh, a video. They had a video package hyping the North American Championship match. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Uh, Shayna Baszler was backstage, flanked by Marina Shafir and Jessamine Duke for a photo shoot. Uh, a reporter suddenly wanted to interview her about EO, uh, who cleaned house with a kendo stick on them in the previous episode. And uh, Shana, Shana basically said, I'm not worried about her. She can't use weapons. And she also has no friends. Uh, so she wasn't worried about that. Uh, and Baszler had two friends of her own who would uh, who would have her back. Uh, later, Kathy Kelly interviewed EO, and EO said she didn't need the weapons. But... Candace shows up and she says, I got your back. So she does have a friend. Aww. At least one friend. Aww. Now that Kyrie's I like left. them. But I like <clears> them. <throat> like, they make sense as friends. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm so happy about it. I like their little team up. Uh, then we get Kushida and Drew Gulak. And oh, yeah, that was boring. This was weird. Because, yeah, this didn't really work for me either. Like, I thought it was okay, but. The crowd was not into this style of match. No. And, I mean, they weren't into anything this late into the show. Yeah. Um, so, after some exchanges, Kushida went for his hoverboard lock, but Drew Gulak blocked it uh, and hit him with a flatliner. Kushida then used his legs to hook behind Drew's arms and pushed up into a cradle for the pin. So, even though the match wasn't particularly on fire... The story of this match was that Kushida's finisher is a submission, and Drew's finisher is also a submission, and Drew went into this match under the impression that one of these two guys, one of these guys was going to submit the other guy. Mm -hmm. And at the end, Kushida got a flash pin, like he used a wrestling hold to pin Drew, 
and Drew was very upset. He called Kushida a coward. Uh, he <sighs> wanted to test submission holds against this man, and Kushida sneakily used a legal pin to beat him instead of a legal submission. I feel like this will probably lead to a submission match at some point. Is uh, that a thing? It is a thing where you can only win oh. with a submission hold. Uh, so okay. I feel like they'll probably head down there at some point. I mean, that felt like the the setup the here. Build up. I yeah. would. I would. I would like to see it in front of a hotter crowd to see if maybe it translates a little yeah. bit better. Because that when, might be when a crowd is boring and they're not doing a particularly exciting style of match. Like they both yeah. combine to make a very dull viewing experience. It's. So true. Oh boy, the main event. They decided to main event this episode with Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch against the Forgotten Sons. And immediately I'm like, look, I like Lorcan and Birch. But I don't like them enough to be excited for their main event tag team match against the Forgotten Sons. But we knew how this was going to end. Actually, I didn't. I just figured they'd have a match. I figured they'd have a match and then at the end of the match, the four teams would fight. But I didn't expect no. the match to only go two minutes, and then there'd just be a TQ, and then the teams like, and then people fought. Undisputed Era kind of came out on top because they had the the four on whatever it was advantage, and yeah. uh, at the end they they did a pose on the ladder, and Adam Cole also went out of his way to call out Matt Riddle and Johnny Gargano. Yes, no, I knew as soon as the match started, I'm like, this isn't going to end. Yeah, like there, were, uh, yeah. It is a kooky main event to end on. It would make sense for it to not, you know, Finish. like that's how, yeah, that's how the show ends with that. You're right. Um, I enjoyed it though. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it was the mood I was in when watching it, but I was just like, yeah, oh, you sound like you were not in a wrestling mood this week. Yeah. So I don't know. I was excited for takeover, even though I knew going in uh, that they had been, the roster has been screwed with and they've kind of been, the rosters in some ways have kind of been depleted. Uh, yes. They took a lot of really big names and really hot acts and got rid of them mm-hmm. almost all at once. Well, I don't, it's not NXT's fault. No, they have no control over this. Yeah. Which, well, also, which is a shame. But here, here's my, here's my comment on that though. They have a whole host of people that they are not using on TV, yeah. which I'm guessing that they're probably not ready if, if in one respect or another, but yeah. there's people. Yeah, I mean, I did, while watching the show, I did get to thinking of all of the people who I know are really good who aren't on the show, but are in NXT. Yeah. Uh, I started thinking about, like, uh, some of the obvious ones, like Keith Lee, who's been on TV, but, mm-hmm. like, um, you know, Kushida, I know is really good. Uh, I've given the right... Uh, spotlight and opportunity uh but then i started thinking about because i know there's some other people who have not made their television debuts yet and Mm -hmm. i'm like i know that there's some guys in there and girls uh who are pretty darn good and we haven't really seen them yet uh yeah and i'm thinking though after this take this was i feel like this take well we'll get to it anyway but i have Yeah. yeah i have thoughts too uh so the uh the show opens take over 25 uh, the show opens with Matt Riddle and Roderick Strong. Uh, one of the two matches I was really looking forward to on the show. And yeah. I feel like it mostly delivered. I thought they had a really good 
back and forth match. It started with Matt Riddle, by the way, sending a message to Roderick Strong by kicking his flip flops right at Strong. Yeah. Bloody these flip flops up, Roddy. And what he was saying. The crowd was so into it right away Mm -hmm. that it just set up the night. I think. Yeah. So they were uh, they were going at it. They had a great match, a good back and forth. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of stuff near the end. Uh, So, uh, okay, so near the end, uh, we got Riddle hitting a bunch of knees, uh, including the final flash, which is the knee that the running knee that he beat Cassius Ono with uh, famously on his uh, Matt Riddle's first takeover appearance. He beat him in six seconds. But Roderick came back uh, because he got his knees up when Matt Riddle went for the floating bro, the the twisting (laughs) broton. Roddy got his knees up and put him, uh, hit him with a gut check, put him in the stronghold. But Matt Riddle Mm -hmm. got out. Uh, Matt tried to get him into the bro mission, but he couldn't keep it on uh, due to all the work that Roderick uh, Roderick has done on uh, Matt's back. So mm-hmm. then Matt hits him with a new move. So he scoops him up like a like a tombstone pile driver, like how the Undertaker does. Yeah. Uh, but then he sort of does like this. Uh, he, he like puts laces his hands through uh, Roddy's legs, and then jumps down, sort of like a Styles Clash, sort of. Uh, yes. And like how it lands, and uh, Mauro Ronaldo calls out to the world and for all to hear that Matt Riddle calls this move the Bro Derek. Apparently, a nod to actor Bo, Bo Derek. Derek. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's got to be the weirdest name for a wrestling movie I've ever heard in my life, but it's Matt Riddle. It seems like something he would do. Yeah, and, we and we just accept it. Yeah, therefore, I loved it. Uh, and he beat Roderick Strong uh, with that move. So, Jacqueline, thoughts on uh, Matt Riddle and Roderick Strong? Yeah, I think that this shows Roderick Strong. Um, like, I, even though he lost, I thought it highlighted him really, really well mm-hmm. because I feel like he got lost for a while. Well, he was they weren't really, really doing much with him. Then he joined Undisputed Era and tag team and blah. And I, but I think this is they're getting ready to like build him up, mm-hmm. and I think it's time. He's really good, and I think that they just haven't found his niche yet. Um, yep. and I think they're starting to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Riddle, you know could do anything and um i'd be entertained by it he's just such a charming entertaining guy like and that comes through in his wrestling yeah and yeah and um and morrow morrow's announcing is just so wonderful to me Mm -hmm. um (laughs) and you know you just get it you got into this hooked me for like this takeover and i was like oh this is gonna be a good show and this and um this as having a non-title match as the first one, like this is how you want to kick it off. Yeah. So I uh, before we, before we go to the scoreboard, Jacqueline, I yeah. would like to point out one thing that I did find really funny at the beginning here. Uh, yes. So you've got Moro announcing, you know, this is where we are. This is the show. How exciting is this? Uh-huh. Here's my announced team. He introduces Beth. He introduces Nigel, and Nigel says this line that really got me chuckling a little bit because. He refers to NXT, NXT as the one true alternative, or like the real alternative, <laughs> which is funny that NXT is the alternative to their company that yeah. they are in. 
Like, they made their own... Um, that's how big WWE is, Jacqueline. They made their own alternative own to themselves. Alternative. Which is, of course, oh is a... Te- which is, of course, a teeny little shot at AEW. At AEW. Yeah. I thought that was yeah. a cute little shot, but it also made me chuckle, because I'm like, you are WWE, though. Like, you're your own yeah. alternative? How is that a thing? But they kind of are. They kind of what, are. I, I see what it what they mean by it. and um, They're very got, different this, places. They really are. And, um... Because, like... Um, and you and this happened kind of throughout the night, but they were doing much more dangerous things. Yeah. Um, than I think you would see on the main roster, and um, oh, yeah. I think that they're just they're just a little freer, a little um, you know, they they like promote creativity, which I think is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and side note, when you're talking about the announce team, I thought Beth Phoenix did a fantastic job for her first takeover. So yeah, I thought she sounded a lot better than she sounded during her run on the. Uh, on NXT? The, the first set of tapings. Yeah, I thought she yeah. sounded a little bit better here. I mean, it's going to take time because uh, Nigel McGuinness is incredibly knowledgeable and Mo mm-hmm. Ranallo is such a huge presence. Uh, yeah. It's difficult to work with. I She's very similar to Alex Marvez, who is the third man in the AEW announce booth, who just yes. sounded so timid and quiet next to Jim Ross and Excalibur, who were very big presence uh commentators with like a lot of energy and yeah yeah but she gave a lot of good and i know nigel was a wrestler as well but she gave a lot of good like wrestler points Mm -hmm. she was like yep i've you know i've seen this i've done this this is what you think and i'm like oh that's like a good thing to have in there and i and i enjoyed it i prefer to give a shout out i feel like she did a much better job i prefer like a two-person booth i feel like three people tend to get in each other's way or you or you'll ultimately end up with one person who feels like they just you know don't need to be there but mm-hmm. they don't have she doesn't have a choice in this matter and she's not going to say no to a job i feel like right. for the spot she was given in i thought she did a pretty good job i agree okay scoreboard time let's go to the grapple app what would you give matt riddle and roderick strong jacqueline on the quarter of the start oh wow okay yeah i'm going big from so, the get-go I went uh I went three and three quarters, so almost I, four. That's wrong. I'm sorry, but <laughs> I mean look, and I said and I really like this match. Three and three quarters is actually really good, but uh and I think I'm under and I am under grapple. Uh the average on grapple is four point one five. So okay. they gave it a little bit over four. Uh yeah, I don't like I mean you're gonna hear you're gonna hear this. Uh, when we get into the middle of this show, but mm-hmm. I don't know if I was depressed. I don't know what it was when I watched this show, but I saw things that bothered me on this show that I feel like are outside of the norm for the usually very logical NXT. Uh, okay, and I'm not, ne- I'm not necessarily talking about winners and losers here. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I do have something to say about the end of the main event uh but I'll save it I'll save it for that. Yeah, yeah. One th- one one match at a time. Yes. Let's uh let's move on to the next The, the uh, next one is the best one. <laughs> the, in my... the four team uh ladder match for the NXT, the vacant tag team titles. Uh Street Profits, Undisputed Era, uh the Unfortunate Sons and uh Danny Birch and Oni Lorcan. So <laughs> Before we get into the match, I just want to, I'm sorry, I have to stop, just because I want to acknowledge um, the Street Profits entrance. Mm-hmm. 
excellent that gear. looked like a party. Yeah, everybody yeah, in the everybody in the first five rows had solo cups. Yeah, it was fantastic. Oh, and I didn't mention before, really quick, going back to the first match. Mm-hmm. When Roderick Strong came out, he had like a nice track jacket on. Mm-hmm. That, and he was the only one an, of the night in Undisputed Era who had it. And But I really liked it. Kind anyway, of his own sorry. style. Yeah, it's got his own thing yeah, going on. I enjoyed it. Anyway, I had to mention it. Uh, <laughs> so there are usually two kinds of ladder match. Uh, mm-hmm. Unless you count bad ladder matches, a third kind of of, okay. which, of which there have been some, but I, I believe it. Usually, there are are two different kinds. There is one that is the spectacular, like every like, like the uh, the, the one first at, North American Championship. Yeah, it's just a spectacle of spectacular, crazy things. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was the other type of ladder match where everybody is desperate to make an impression and sh- as a result shave years off of their lives. Uh Kyle <laughs> O'Reilly. Oh yeah, we have to talk about him. He got thrown around. I mean at one point Moro Ronaldo shouts, "Oh my god, they've killed Kyle." as a <laughs> kind of a joke to South Park. But But okay, so yeah. this was a a heap of craziness, but Oh, I don't think I like this as much as you did. I spent more time oh. I spent more time being really concerned. That's be- fair. Because the stuff that was happening in this match felt not Dangerous. wild and not wild in a good way. Like wild like out of control somehow. Like guys were uh there was one spot where Kyle is climbing up the ladder to get the belt and one of the unfortunate guys they come in to shove the ladder down. And usually the wrestler goes flying off the ladder, crashes to the mat, or hits into the ropes. But in this weird circumstance, Kyle goes flying, the ladder tumbles, and the ladder lands right where Kyle is going to land, and he lands back first on the edge of this ladder. It cuts him up pretty bad. I yeah. don't imagine that was his intent. Um, Probably not. There's a, but... there's a point later where Bobby Fish is climbing the ladder, and one of the unfortunate guys goes to powerbomb Kyle into the ladder to knock Bobby off. And Bobby comes tumbling down right on top of Kyle, which, again, could not have been the idea there. Uh, So I have two comments on that. One, it just shows that the Forgotten Sons are horrible. Yes. And don't know what they're doing. Like, no, clearly, if they're making those kinds of mistakes, like, you know, those are those are big ones. I mean, these Um, don't necessarily I don't know. These don't even necessarily feel like mistake. They they it more feels like a like a freak accident. Like if they did this thing like five more times, it wouldn't happen any of those times. But the other thing I was going to say is that um, Kyle O'Reilly and I but and despite like getting with the the mishap with the ladder and all that, like everyone was just throwing him around. Oh, yeah. So I have to believe that he consented to this. Yeah. He was like, yeah, guys, I could be like the rag doll or like the chew toy, whatever. Just do whatever. Like, it, like everyone was literally throwing him around. So yeah. I can't imagine him being like, no, don't touch me. <laughs> like, well, speaking so of... He knew what he was signing up for. Speaking of the unfortunate sons, uh, at one point, uh, Jackson Riker, the, the bigger, crazier member of the team, he comes down. Uh, yeah. By the way, Kyle O'Reilly still doing his job, even though he's beat all to hell. We get we see yeah. Kyle going to climb the ladder, and then all of a sudden we get a great Kyle O'Reilly facial expression as his eyes bug out and his yep. jaw like slacks down to the floor because he's seen something, and then it's 
Jackson Riker, which wouldn't have made me do that, but he's like, oh shit, he's coming to kill me. Uh, so yeah. it did. It had that effect on Kyle. My my effect was, uh, all right. Uh, but he came out here and he killed everybody over and over again uh, until mm-hmm. they all came back and killed him. Yes. This led and... to another unfortunate... And by the way, Jacqueline, you deeming them on accident, the unfortunate sons, that's just now their name. Because <laughs> another, un- another unfortunate incident happened with one of them here. Uh, it was like a big spot. So it was uh, Fish and O'Reilly had a ladder. And oh, Mon- yeah. Montez Ford does this insane vertical leap dive over the top rope, over the ladder. He's going to do this onto Jackson Riker. Riker. And it's only because Montez Ford is so lanky and because he is so athletic that he's able to jump this far that his legs managed to hit Jackson Riker. But Jackson Riker was standing too far away. And as a result, Montez Ford, most of his body lands on the ground. He basically but, did a well, big jumping flip and land on the ground on his back. Which, But I will suck. say this. Jackson Riker sold it. He did at least. And and his feet did at least hit him, so it looks like he made Something, contact. Yeah. But I'm thinking of poor Montez's body at this point. Like, he yeah. just splats on the ground. Uh, Look, poor guy. He did okay at the end. Yeah, they managed to do okay. So, uh, <laughs> the, uh... So, the, uh... Everybody's hitting moves on, on, on each other near the end. They tease the unfortunate sons winning the match, uh, but Angelo Dawkins spears one of them while the other is climbing the ladder, and Montez Sp- uh, Ford springs onto the ropes and then springs onto the ladder uh, and then punches the other one off of the ladder. I don't even remember their names at this point. Uh, That's fair. Punches them off of the ladder. The crowd's going wild. Montez grabs the belts. And the Street Profits, Jacqueline, are the new NXT Tag Team Champions. Yes. And they have a tremendous celebration at the end. Yes, they do. They were, I think they were in the crowd, like, more than anything. And I love that about them. Yeah. They were, like, super into it. Um, Again, I will say, um, the camera people of um, professional wrestling Mm -hmm. are the true heroes. um, Because you didn't see Montez Ford, then all of a sudden he's on the the latter um so yeah. i appreciate it i appreciate that that camera work that they do there mm-hmm. but angelo dawkins like when he like tackled the one guy oh yeah that was pretty dang cool yeah so i like this match a lot i know you said it's it was like chaos but that's what it's gonna be that's mm-hmm. what it should be to me i guess it made sense that it was chaotic well there's I'm looking at the Grapple app, and I'm not actually that far off from the people of Grapple, but I've heard far more yeah. people talk about how they thought it was, like, you know, amazing or the best match or the best ladder match they've ever seen. And I just mm-hmm. um, where would you where would you land on uh, oh. this ladder match? Man, you're gonna you are so gonna judge me now, but no, I'm not gonna no judgment here at all. Okay. But keep in mind, I am so excited that the Street Profits won this one. Absolutely. So it's clearly going to get a high mark for me because um, I just love them. So I give it a 4.75. Wow. Okay. Um, Even with Steve Cutler and Wesley Blake in this match, even then, even they could not damper it. I forget about them. But I will say the one one thing that they did that I found entertaining was they put the ladder over their heads. Mm Mm-hmm. And like battering and like ran like and ran back and forth across the ring. And I'll yeah. t- I'll say something. Not a bad use of the ladder. Hmm. Um, 
But yeah, other than that, I just for, I just kind of forget that they're in it. Well, I'll tell you what, the most recent rating on the Grapple app by Dan C, he gave this match the same score you did. See, Dan? Great mm-hmm. minds. Uh, so I gave, uh, I gave this match three and a half. Okay. Uh, I liked it. Three and a half is good. I think people should remember that like two stars is an average match, I would say. So anything above average is good. Three and a half is pretty good. And the people of Grapple gave this 4.02. Uh, so well, they gave, they gave it four. So they weren't too far off from you. No, um, and people not, liked it. Yeah, and not and not too far off from me. Uh, I liked it. Just you know, I wasn't I wasn't in love with it, but to each their own, of course. Uh, North American Championship is up next. Velveteen Dream defending against Tyler Breeze. So, in case you were unaware, everybody, Tyler Breeze uh, is to the best of my knowledge, full-time NXT. Yes, he's back. So he's not on the main roster anymore. He's he's. Was back. he on the main roster? He was. But really? Well, I mean, he really was for a little bit, and then okay. he mostly just sat in catering or did skits with Fandango for That's, a couple th- of years. Their skits were pretty funny. I have seen a few of those. The Fashion though. Police stuff, yeah. I saw yeah, a few of those I as well. Yeah, I enjoyed that. They had, yeah. good chemistry. they had good chemistry. Um they did. So, also, I, f- I feel bad because um, there's so many people that that's happening to now that I'm like, just bring them back to NXT. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I mean, that's sorry. the story of this match, essentially, is that from Velveteen Dream's perspective, he went to the main roster and couldn't cut it, so now he's come back to NXT. But from the fans' perspective, he went to the main roster and was misused. So you should love him. Although, <laughs> this crowd in Bridgeport... Uh, loved Velveteen Dream more than the other yeah. Breeze. Uh, so I thought they had, I would say that they had a good match. But I agree. I was relatively unimpressed. As I said before, I was yeah. never a big Tyler Breeze fan, and I should. And I and as I said before, I should be more interested in Velveteen Dream matches because more often than not. He surprises me, but every now and again he'll have a match on a takeover like the match he had with EC, like this one, or the match he had with EC3, or the match he had with Cassius Ono, where I was not blown away by those matches. But he's had matches with uh, Ciampa or Aleister Black or Ricochet, and I was blown away. It seems like he can he can work up to the level of yeah, the that's, person he's that's in what there I was gonna. With. That's what I was going to say. Look at who he was with, with the matches you liked. Yeah. Like, those were, yeah. Yeah, and he can work up to their level, but he's not, mm-hmm. he's still young, uh, so there's time for this, but right now he's not particularly good at bringing other people up. up. Uh, right. He can bring himself up, but he can't bring others with him. Which is fine. I mean, that's that's a skill that you learn over time, mm-hmm. so... Um, but I agree with you. This was, like, an okay match. Um, Some stuff in here was clunky some stuff i didn't know why they were doing it yeah near the end they did this tombstone reversal thing where they kept reversing the tombstone on each other and then that led to nothing right uh early in the match like he super kicks breeze on the outside and breeze kind of crumbles up against the announce table and almost gets counted out that felt weird uh, mm. there was some weird pacing and pausing issue. It felt, it felt a lot at times like Tyler Breeze just learned how to do the main roster TV style matches 
and couldn't sh- and couldn't shake that in this match because it, in a lot yeah. of ways it sort of just felt like that. It's entirely possible. Also, he like when was the last time he was on TV? It's been a while. Like on a live event. Yeah, so yeah. It had its Gotta mo- dust off the cobwebs. Yeah, it had its moments. It had a couple of moments where I'm like, oh, that was good. Uh, yeah. But those were kind of few and far between. Uh, mm. So they... Uh, they uh, I think, was this the match where they trade? Yeah, because this was the first match where people were hitting other people's finishers on them. Like, uh, Dream hit Tyler Breeze with Dream... Or with Tyler's Unprettier. Uh, but Tyler also had a moment where he hit it and got a near fall uh there were people who thought that since breeze was full-time nxt that he might win uh where he might win. that's what i said last time i thought he was gonna win because i thought he was back so i'm half right mm-hmm. giving myself half credit for that one um but I, in the end i'm glad he didn't i'm glad it remained velveteen dream yeah uh tyler hit his other finisher the the beauty shot but that was also a two count uh, Dream eventually retained, hitting the Dream Valley Driver and the Purple Rainmaker elbow off the top. The ending was a little weird, because, like, at the end, oh, yeah. he's like, let's take a selfie together. It was supposed to be the the handshake, like the I respect yeah. you handshake, but because Tyler takes selfies, that's what they did. But I feel like, I know it's Tyler Breeze, but it couldn't help but feel it made him look a little geeky. Like, let's oh. take a selfie. Like, you know, that's what you do when you see Velveteen Dream at the airport. Like, that's what I do if I see Velveteen Dream. I'm like, hey, can we have a selfie? And he's like, sure, kid. Here, let's take a selfie, <laughs> even though I'm older than he is. Uh, but he would say that. Uh, I but mean, that's kind of what know. it felt like. But it's their shtick. It's what it is. It is. So um, so it, that didn't bother me so much. I, I actually think that that was, um, it was kind of like a, mm-hmm. like, Okay, I respect you. That like that kind of an ending. Yeah. Um, and I like that more so than them like you know just talking a bunch of crap mm-hmm. that no one cares about. Yeah. Uh, so, any other thoughts on on Dream and Breeze, or what would you um, where would it land on the Jacqueline scale? So on the Jacqueline scale, which we have different scales, because I do. think th- three is middle. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with a three on this one. Okay. I yeah. actually I actually gave this one three and a quarter. Oh, so I was a little I was a little above you. Uh grapple users were above both of us. Uh they almost gave this match three and a half. It's three point four nine. I well people love their Tyler Breeze. Yeah. And we're relatively close. And I think I feel like I'm in the minority here of it seems like a lot of people think that Tyler Breeze has a lot of um feel like he has like a lot of potential that was untapped and i feel like he's good but you know that's he's good but not um, better than good and i don't really know too much about tyler breeze um but with stuff on like the um like the full sale shows and stuff like that with mm-hmm. the tapings they were definitely better i like i said i just think he's rusty live maybe so yeah they showed a video package for damien priest who is the former, what's his face? The former punishment, punishment Martinez, Martinez, which is a Why much better name. Why did they change his name? I don't know. In fact, a whole list of recent NXT name changes have come out. Jesse Alban has a new name. I don't know what it is. I don't remember what it is off the top of my head. Wait, Jesse? Like yeah, Jesse 
Yeah. The little girl? Yeah. Listen, Punishment Martinez, Damien Priest, why would you, like, Damien is the devil priest? Like, why are we doing this? Like, no, I just feel stupid. Like, I just feel like Damien Priest is a name from, like, a 2000, like, a year 2000 independent wrestler. Uh, I just, Punishment Martinez was so much better. Was he the guy who was former tag team partners with Matt Riddle? Yes, yes right? Yes, yes. Yeah. They trained in the Monster Factory together. Um, yeah. It's a great name. I don't know why they got rid of it. I mean, Damien Priest isn't the worst name I've ever heard, but... Uh, it's not. Punishment is so much better. <laughs> his first name was Punishment. That's an awesome wrestling name. Uh, I, they went back to calling Bugenhagen Rick Boogs, which was what his name was for a long time on the the Florida shows. Uh, but then he showed up on TV one day and they just called him Bugenhagen, which is his actual last name. But now they're going back to calling him Rick Boogs. Or bugs. But I hope it's uh, not bugs. I hope it's boogs. No, it's boogs. Now we got. Now I gotta shout something else at him at the sh- the Florida shows. Yeah. Dang it! Are you saying boo or boogs? <laughs> yeah. Everyone said. Well, everyone just cheers because he's so much fun. Yes. Why, why are they doing this? This is the stupidest thing. Put them on TV and stop messing around with names. Sorry. Uh, Shayna Baszler and Io Shirai for the NXT Women's Championship. Both keeping their names. Yes. Uh, so I thought that these two had a good match, but I it felt like it didn't really kick into high gear for me. Uh, weirdly enough, this sort of felt like this almost like a storyline match because of the way that it ended. Hmm. But we, it definitely uh, it definitely did storyline for sure, which is weird um, because the match ended cleanly. Like, there was no disputed finish. Which I was very happy about. Actually, I was very happy about all of these, that it, that there were clean hmm. um, clean winners. There was no, There's nothing, like, murky. Um, but with this one, I think that they need to continue with the rivalry. Yeah. Um, and so in order to do that, they had to keep the storyline going. So um, I yeah. feel... Okay, so here's... Here's where I'm going to... Well, I'll tell you what happened real quick, and then I'll tell you why the ending of this match upset me. Not necessarily the winner and the loser, but what they decided to do afterwards. I know. Uh, so, EO uses a 619 and a dropkick uh, for a near fall. Uh, Shayna does this, like, this hanging armbar, a wrist lock thingy from the top rope. She did this to Kyrie at the Evolution pay-per-view, it looks mm-hmm. really scary. I wouldn't want her to do this to me. I don't no. know why anyone would volunteer for it, but it looked nasty. Uh, EO hits a beautiful moonsault to the outside. Uh, and the crowd was starting to really get into the match. EO hit her double knees into the corner and was about to go up for her uh, moonsault to finish off Shayna when Jessamine and Marina stormed to ringside. But Candice LeRae, true to her word, had, uh, had EO's back and... She obliterates both of these girls with a kendo stick. So Candace and Eo both really dangerous with these kendo with sticks. The kendo sticks. This thing was splintering left and right. Uh, <laughs> Eo, uh, so Eo uh, goes for her moonsault, but uh, Shayna uh, has, you know, moved. Eo lands on her feet, uh, and then she gets caught in the uh, the choke, the Kirifuda clutch. 
and the mm-hmm. crowd starts really getting behind EO, and it's like, oh, is she going to do a reversal here? But she doesn't. She taps out, and Shayna wins. So I'm like, oh, boy, well, that was not what I was expecting. Uh, I, yeah. fi- I figured if Shayna was going to win, that Jessamine and Marina would find a way to overpower Candice and interfere and cost EO the match to move things forward. But they didn't, so I'm like, well, that's weird. I would have done more with EO. But maybe they're going to move on to Candice now? But that's not what happens, Jacqueline. Uh, after the match, EO gets mad that she lost and starts, like, wailing on Shayna with a kendo okay. stick. So I'm I... Gonna, go ahead. I'm going to disagree with your with the reasoning there. It's not She's not mad that she's lost. Mm-hmm. She, is def- she is upset about the reign of terror that yes. Shayna and her, and her cronies mm-hmm. are are exhibiting towards the women's locker room and she is um, acting out against that and she needs to show her strength immediately. It's how you deal with a bully. So that's why I didn't have that much of a problem with it and I think it advances storyline to the extent that it's like, hey, you may still be champion but we're not putting up with your crap. And that is certainly so. what and that is certainly what they tried to tell me what happened. But from my perspective, I'm like, oh, I agree with you, and that that was EO's plan, to go into this match and show the bully, Shayna Baszler, that she's yeah. not the best. EO is, and she would beat her and take her title, uh, thus knocking Shayna down a peg. But that's not what happened. Shayna beat her in a competitive match, and decisively, she didn't... Her friends tried to help, but they never actually interfered in the match. Candace stopped them from doing it. And mm-hmm. as a result, EO lost. So it felt like, to me... After after watching her just lose, that she was just mad that she lost, and she uh, she also does this great. I mean, I'm not going to downplay how great this was because it was great, but she has Candace give her a chair, and she moonsaults with the chair onto Shayna, which yes. looked like no fun at all for Shayna Baszler. But I will say this: uh, even if that's a little convoluted, there were people afterwards saying that oh well, this will lead to a rematch, but yes, it it shouldn't. Because Shayna beat her cleanly. Now, if maybe Marina right. and Jessamine had interfered, you EO would have reason to be both upset and to demand a rematch. Now, maybe Shayna will be mad that EO attacked her yep, after she had beaten her, her fair, rematch. Right after she had beat her fair and square. But if Shayna was smart, she'd say, "Oh, I'll fight you, and you can bring all the weapons you want, but I'm not putting my title on the line. I beat you." But they're not going to do that. I think they right. feel like. I don't know. So I'm a person who's or, like, if you lose cleanly, if you lose, if you lose, you've lost, and you've got to now earn your way back up. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll do something good with the writing here. Maybe uh, they'll do something like that. Maybe uh, Shano will get so mad that she'll decide to put the title on the line. I'm not sure, but probably I would, I would not have done it that way. I don't know. It just irked me, and it really stuck out to me. Interesting. See, it did not bother me anywhere near as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think part of it, too, is because like when you watch wrestling, it's like this escapist moment. And you're like, yeah, I wish I could do that to all the people who are ever like, yeah. treated me like crap. And so it's like, yes, hit her. Some, like- of that's, some of that's just my brain, my wrestling brain from having watched it for so long or... Uh, you know, I think I think we talked about it before when we maybe on like the first episode, uh, where like I wasn't the kid who wanted to be the wrestler. I was the kid who wanted to write the wrestling stories. 
Right. Uh, so, like, w- when I see stuff play out, like, I watch a match and I can enjoy a match for what it is. But usually when it's over, that's when I start thinking about, you know, what, what, are, else they, you what, do? what are they doing now? And, like, none of that made any sense to my brain. Because, like, at first I'm like, are they making EO a bad guy? Are they trying to, like, turn Shayna into a good guy? Why is no, the person and- who just lost? And they tried to explain it to me, but it just didn't yeah. work with how they ended the match. But what I'll say, and for this match in particular, is that um, I was it, where I was happy with this is that they did make this match different than the men's matches. Yes, and it needed to be. Yes, like they can't. They they have one women's match per takeover, and that's it. Yeah, it needs to stand so, out. It needs to stand out. Good, bad, and good or bad. And yep. this definitely did. At least they did something with it. And I think yes. that's why I really enjoy it because I'm like, well, it's showing that they're taking women's wrestling seriously to me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I just have uh, a nitpick with how they ended it. And I'm willing to give them, they've, they've definitely earned uh, mm-hmm. with me the uh, the leeway to, to see where they're going to take things. Yeah. But it's, it's but it's pretty rare for me to see something happen on a nice T show and for my brain to go that doesn't make sense, uh, th- so that's pretty rare. Uh, but I th- I feel like uh, they did have a good match and it was di- it was different from the other matches on this show, which is a needed thing. That's why I love mm-hmm. the AEW show so much. Was that it was a, it was such a variety show of wrestling. There was yeah so many different styles and so many different tones and. Uh, paces you know, like the matches were paced differently. Uh, they all a lot of them felt different from one another, uh, which and, you need. Yeah, you do. And the one thing, the, but the one thing that always gets me so upset is, especially after watching like a Shayna match, where I'm just like, mm-hmm. just let her fight the guys. Like <laughs> her against like a Matt Riddle or a um, Pete Dunne. Like yeah. those would be such good matches. Mm-hmm. Like, and it it it. Like, like that's where I'm like, well, if you have to do something, if the women can't fight the men, you have to make their matches be different somehow. Yeah. Those would be two so. awesome matches, by the way. Uh, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> what would you give Shayna and Io? Three seven five. Okay, so we are not that far off. I gave it three and a half. So okay. I'm right behind you, and we are actually ahead of Grapple here. Grapple gave it a three point four three. So they were under me. <sighs> Grapple doesn't know. But that's an average. So some people went higher, right? Oh, yeah. There's definitely people who went higher. Yeah. I appreciate uh, that. Okay. So before the main event, uh, everybody, I would like for you to know, and Triple H would like for you to know, and NXT would like for you to know, that there's a big show on August 31st. Yep. N- no. It's not the New Japan Pro Wrestling show in London on that very exact same day. Uh, no, or the AEW show. No, it is not AEW's next big pay per view event, All Out, which is also on that exact same day. Uh, no, it is also not the big Cardiff football game match, whatever it is. That's also happening on that exact same day. It is NXT UK Takeover Cardiff, which I'm. Ex- I mean, I'm excited for this because I want to. I want to see the uh, the NXT UK brand. Uh, grow yeah. and expand a little bit because right now not very many people are talking about it. Uh, we very briefly brushed through it on this very show, which is about NXT. Uh, so, eh. 
I, I'm excited for it, but I don't know if I'm going to be watching it the night it happens because of the other shows that are going to be on that night. But this is on at like three o'clock in the afternoon, it's, our time. This so. will be in the U.S. In the U.S., I will have time to watch Takeover UK, Cardiff, and the AEW pay per view on this. That'll be a long day of wrestling for me, but well, I will watch or, both shows. Or you could watch WrestleMania, and it'll be the same amount of time. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, main event was Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano for the NXT championship. Not a two out of three falls match. No. Cause Matt, Adam Cole does not know math. No. <laughs> uh, but luckily, uh, it's just a single fall this time. Uh, they actually did something really cool here. So, uh, Adam Cole came out to the ring with, I think his name is Josiah Williams. He has this oh yeah he has this youtube channel called wrestle and flow and he takes like wrestling theme songs largely nxt theme songs and he like freestyles over them or writes lyrics over them so he's done this for a lot of people but uh the first person he did this for was for undisputed era and of course uh, this was really cool because he's basically just a super fan who was doing this for fun and it sort of caught on. Uh, he's got, you know, he's got a pretty decent following on YouTube and Twitter and stuff. And they brought him out here to live perform his version of the Undisputed Era theme song, which was actually pretty cool. He did a good job and he had charisma and everything. Uh, yeah, no, it was pretty cool. It was different, especially because this is the third time now we're hearing this entrance music. Mm-hmm. So um, I enjoyed it. <laughs> So they come out, uh, or he comes out, I guess, really. And then Johnny comes out in his Captain Marvel-inspired gear. Yes. Looking good. And they have an amazing match. Uh, that they do. Okay, I thought you were going somewhere else with this when no. we first started. No, I, like, I do. A- no, I mean, I do have something to say about the end. Of course. Uh, okay. And it's not necessarily because of how it ended, but... Cool. My my feelings on where they're going from here. Like I'll tell you where my okay. brain. I'll tell you where my brain jumped to. Uh, I'll tell you too. Okay. So they had a really good match. Uh, Johnny Gargano again was the minority. Had the minority of supporters, with the majority of the crowd behind Adam Cole. Same thing with NXT Takeover NYC. Although in that match, Johnny Gargano managed to win over the whole crowd by the end of that match. Well, and, yeah, because he's Johnny Gargano. Yeah. It was it was a, it was a, a cute little button. <laughs> it was a little bit different this time, but they had a great match, and they played off of their last match. So they had they wrestled each other for three falls in the last match, and uh, that means these guys know each other really well now. And so they're going in here, and they're not just hitting moves on each other; they're trying to go for the same move at the same time, but then realize it and stop. And they're faking out, and they're. Uh, hesitating, yeah. and I thought all of those little touches were awesome. Yep. And uh, they did a lot of, like, hitting each other's moves, like Adam Cole gets Johnny Gargano and the Gargano escape. Uh, but like, That was funny. I like that he, like, made a funny face when he did that. Yeah, too. he sticks his tongue out like he's Michael Jordan or something <laughs> doing a slam dunk. Yeah. Uh, but Johnny, like, rolls out of it and realizes right where he is, so he hits Adam Cole with the last shot. Uh, mm-hmm. with Adam Cole's finisher and almost gets the win. Uh, Adam Cole's trying to hit his 
Panama Sunrise, his jumping Canadian destroyer flipping DD or flipping pile driver move. He's trying to hit this the whole match. And finally, after uh, some great stuff, he gets Johnny Gargano where he wants him, but on the outside of the ring and does the Panama Sunrise to Johnny Gargano on the floor. Uh, but Johnny Gargano kicks out. He's not human, as Mauro Ronaldo keeps pointing out. Yes, and Mauro is just like, I was worried about him that he was going to stop breathing during this match because mm-hmm. he was just getting so excited. He's losing it. Uh, so he, they get back into the ring. Johnny's leg has been worked on this whole match as well. That was the theme of this whole show. People were le- uh, working on body parts. Oh, uh, yeah, and so really quick, I will work. say... Yeah, and um, these guys sold it the best. Like oh, yeah. Johnny Gargano's leg, Adam the best. Cole's arm. It yep. was fantastic. I was like, it didn't look like like forced. You know what I mean? Like it looked very natural. I appreciated that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they uh, <laughs> they have a moment where Johnny is like his knee pads down now because uh, Adam's working over the knee, and Johnny's. Uh, doesn't have a lot left in the tank and he goes after Adam Cole, but Adam Cole super kicks him in the knee twice. And then he goes for the Panama sunrise again, but Johnny manages to block it to, you know, try to get one more pin. But Adam Cole uh, kicks out and pushes Johnny away. And Johnny gets up and tries to run right back at Cole, but his knee gives out and he collapses. And Adam Cole sees this as like his spot to hit one, to try one more Panama sunrise. He hits it. Gargano lands, in such a way that he rolls up onto his knees and Cole hits him with the last shot from behind the knee strike to the back of the head and pins Johnny Gargano to win the NXT championship. The crowd is very excited about this undisputed era. Come out. Bobby Fish's arm is in a sling, by the way. How Um, is he the one in a sling? I have no idea. How is Kyle (laughs) Riley not in a body cast? Yeah. Yeah. Basically (laughs) somehow, some way, uh, it is Bobby Fish who is in a sling, but apparently, uh, don't worry too hard because I guess he's he was okay. It wasn't serious. They're just taking yeah, yeah. precautionary measures, uh, but I guess he's okay. Uh, and they celebrate uh, to go off the air. Adam Cole, the new NXT champion. So your thoughts on the match, Jacqueline? Big main um, event. Big main event. Very long. Very good with the pin, with like the, what do they call them? Near falls? Near falls, yeah. Yeah, these guys are great together, and um, what I learned from watching that Dinner for Three special with the two of them on it is that they know each other really well, and I think that came across mm-hmm. um, really well here, um, because you think, oh, Gargano doesn't know anyone but Champ- Champa, but no, that's not true. Yeah. Um, but I really enjoyed this match. I liked it a lot. Um, I thought it was we, I don't think you mentioned it, but the one weird moment for me in this match was when Adam Cole brought out that chair. Yeah. Um, and he was, like, going to use it, and then the ref talked him out of it, but then somehow... He teased, like, Undisputed Era running in. Yeah. Like he was trying to distract him, but then they, they didn't run in. Yeah, so Adam, it was just, like, a, yeah, it was he, a weird moment. He did but... use that to catch Adam... He did use that to catch Johnny in a move to try to win the match, but Johnny kicked out. I guess yeah. I could see it. They did go an awful long way to set that up for it to just be a near fall, but yeah. So, uh, um, so that was a little interesting. Um, but about halfway through the match, because I still think they are going to make, they're going to launch Adam Cole as a solo guy because Johnny Gargano. It's only a matter of time before he gets pulled up mm-hmm. for real this time. Um, 
So I think that this is how, so halfway through, I'm like, oh, it's not that he's going to lose, it's that he's going to win and yeah. then become so intolerable to the rest of the group that they're yeah. going to leave him. And then there, because I really think that he, they need like that, that one person um, mm-hmm. to really launch it, even though, I mean, DX was a great, you know, um, staple um, yeah. in the WWE, but. Um, I really think it's going to lead to him, to Gargano moving up and Nicole going out on his own. Mm. Sadly. Uh, So for me, I thought this match was excellent. I have no problem with the ending, but the first thing that came to my mind after this is like, well, that's it. Johnny Gargano is moving up. He has to move up. Yeah. Because I don't know what you can do with his story after. Because if he doesn't move up, I feel like this, this lost damage like damages NXT Johnny Gargano. Uh yeah. if he stays in NXT. Uh this whole story was uh well I mean you've got the whole story of Johnny Gargano finally winning the championship. Mm-hmm. Like not like the North American Championship where he kind of had this weird dark cloud over him and he was engulfed in the Champa feud during that time. This was right. like pure good guy finally once again Johnny Gargano winning the big one. And the story here is Adam Cole saying, I beat you in the first fall. If this was any other match, I would have been the champion. And that's what's going to happen in this match. There's only one fall, and I'm going to beat you. So you've got Gargano coming in off of this big title win. It's his first title defense. And then the bad guy goes and does exactly what he says he's going to do without help from his friends. Right, uh, and the and the last time he had lots of help from his friends, and Johnny Gargano overcame it. This time, Adam Cole, all on his own, beat Johnny Gargano. I feel like in Johnny's first defense, I feel like that has to be it. Like to me, his yeah. character is is damaged. Like I could, I don't know if I could see him as a. I mean, he like you can you can rebuild, but mm-hmm. it would take a lot of rebuilding uh, so, for Johnny yeah. Gargano. This, this to me should have been uh, like a curtain call or something. I, I just can't it imagine it moving forward. Is which I always feel like once it happens, once things like that happen, I'm always like, oh, I for- always forget that that's a possibility. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I always just think they're going to be here forever. I mean, I don't want him to move up because he's no. amazing. But it's not really moving up. Yeah, it's not. Kind of. No. Well, I mean, his paycheck will get bigger, and good for him. But well, fine. But... It's not good for me. It's not good for my viewing experience. No. Uh, but I'm happy. I'm happy for his pocketbook, and I hope if he does go up there, I hope he's happy up there. I hear a lot of people aren't. So yes. I hope he is though. Also, did you see that Britt Baker was sitting like four seats down from I Stephanie McMahon? Did see yeah. that? Yes. They did not put so... her on camera, so that makes sense. But some people were like, "I can't believe they let her in there," and I'm like. She's with Adam Cole. Like, I know she yeah. works for the other company, but, you know. Also, they didn't show Stephanie McMahon on TV either, so. Yeah. Um, and she's with Triple H, so calm it down, guys. Uh, so what would you give Cole and Gargano to? I'm going to give it another 4.75. Okay. I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was a good match. I like that it was a clean win. Mm-hmm. Um, not something you see from anyone in the Undisputed Era, and I think that all of their matches, um, uh, in this takeover, like there was no interference, so I thought that showed. Um, I don't know, I just really enjoyed that. So, um, yeah, it's just it was overall just like a really great viewing experience. Like lots of 
edge of your edge of your seat type stuff. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I gave the last match, the one from the NYC show. I gave that match a five. I thought that yeah. was uh, perfection for me. I thought it was tremendous. Uh, this one, a little bit under. I'm right with you on this one. I also gave it uh, four and three quarters, 4.75. Uh, okay. We were actually ahead of Grapple a little bit. They're a little behind us. They gave it f- uh, a, uh, an aggregate score of 4.54. So okay. there's definitely people who gave this fives. There's definitely yeah. people who gave it the same rating we did. There's some weirdos who thought it was, here's a here's a dude, two and a half. Some dude gave this two and a half. Maybe this, maybe this style isn't for you. <laughs> if, yeah. Because that's, that's, this is what NXT does largely. Um, yeah, this 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 was a very NXT match. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was excellent. Uh, I thought it for me it completely saved an otherwise okay show. Uh, there are some people who raved who were just like you know this was not bad. I've never seen a bad takeover. Uh, no, but this was you know this was you know I would say middle of the road. If it wasn't for that Johnny Gargano match, maybe a little bit. And part higher. of it, it was a little rushed. Yeah, they got to this one real quick with not much time to build. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like they weren't working with their best deck of cards, per se, uh, for for this particular show either. A lot of stuff kind of just had to happen the way it happened, and they did their best with it. Right. Uh, at, at the end of the day, it was a good show, but I wasn't blown away, I wasn't blown away by it. Uh, I feel like it's maybe on par with the Phoenix, maybe even a little bit less good than the Phoenix show from earlier this year. I don't think it's nearly as good as the last takeover we watched. Uh, no, the last one was, was much more enjoyable, but tremendous. overall this was Yeah, good, good show. Yeah. yeah, not being negative, but like I just felt, because I, I had heard, because I did not get to watch it live, so I heard a lot of people raving about how good it was, and then I watched it, and I did not feel it was as good, so I thought maybe there was something wrong with me. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're not that far apart on some of these things, Jacqueline, so we were pretty no. close, and the people on Grapple seem to, for, for the most part, have my back. So I feel <laughs> I feel a little less bad about uh, my feelings on that show now, now that I've watched it. Uh, okay, oh, that's good. Okay, so uh, before we wrap up, uh, I'd like to thank the good people over at Think Geek for sponsoring the show. Cinemageekly.com slash thinkgeek or click the supporters link in the show notes for this episode. Uh, and you can help us out by helping yourself out by helping yourself to some cool geeky stuff from Think Geek. Uh, and... Uh, also, uh, when you're free, spend some time on cinemageekly.com. You can check out the archives of this show. And uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Just search for What Comes NXT and hit subscribe. It's a hangover show, Jacqueline, uh, for next Ugh. week. So we'll talk a little bit about whatever it was that they taped uh, before TakeOver 25. I actually I don't know the matches, but I'm pretty sure I heard somebody say that Kona Reeves is in one of the matches. So... Great! <laughs> uh, but uh, we will come back next week with a full review of NXT UK and their main event featuring uh, a four-way to determine Walter's next number one contender. Victim. Yeah, victim. Victim. <laughs>